Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey everybody, welcome to Car Wash the Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeWolf, Editor-in-Chief of Car Wash Magazine, and this is the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. But today, we're leaning in on that better human being part because we're going to make you a lot better at that because we're talking about ways to lift up the women in your organization to create a more lively and rich culture in your company. I think it's really important that we dive in on ways that we can make our organizations great places to work for everyone, not just men, not just women, not people of any particular race. I think that we really need to be intentional in those cultures that we are creating. This is a panel that was recorded at the Car Wash Show 2022 in Nashville in the Car Wash Magazine Live studio. Here is their story. Joining me today to talk about uh, some really fun topics. Uh, we've got right next to me, we've got Doriel Burncrant from Petrocal. We've got uh, Jessica Zazwerski from The Bubble Barn. And down at the end, we've got Myra Schimenti from Mr. Welcome, everybody, to the program. Yeah, there it is. Hey, all right, all right, all right. All right. So, okay, so I thought it might be interesting at first if we could just get like the elevator version of your all's path uh, to this industry because. Um, I think that's always fascinating places to start because we all come from different places. So let's go first. Let's start uh, reverse order. Myra, why don't you kick us off? No pressure. Elevator. <laughs> I actually started in the business roughly 20 years ago uh, with a vacuum in my hand, washing cars, which is funny, uh, while going to college, which was a fun part-time job. Also a plug there for the talent that we're trying to recruit. Um, and then fast forward to 2007, Mr. Car Wash actually acquired the chain of car washes that I was working for in El Paso, Texas. And then you fast forward to a crazy ride, 2021, we took this wonderful company public, which was fantastic, and then here we are today. So I think for me, what I represent to just our organization from being able to grow from the bottom all the way up um, speaks to just the opportunity that there is in this industry for everybody. Love it, love it. Let's come right down the line. Jessica, how about you? Okay, well, um, I've been a car wash owner operator since 2020, so open right at the beginning of the pandemic, which was, Really exciting time idea. to open it. Everything's fine. I know, right? Everything's I mean, fine. You yeah. can scenario plan for everything, and then there's the global <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was a former, uh, you know, corporate marketing person looking to do something different, and boy, did I get it. But uh, the car wash industry has been so great to me and just a lot of fun. So excited to be here today talking about it. Excellent. Excellent. Doriel, how about you? I got started in the industry about 10 years ago. I married into it, incidentally, <laughs> and uh, was working at Live Nation Entertainment at the time and started helping out at the trade shows, actually, and just giving extra support. And then in 2014, I jumped ship and decided to go all in. I started as an underwriter, underwriting loans for our clients. I just knew I could make a bigger impact there than this huge, clunky organization like Ticketmaster. And um, kind of work on revamping our website, our brand, our services, and, and doing everything CMO, CO related. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So, okay, so we've got, we've got long time in the industry, just to recap everybody, long time in the industry, a relative newbie, 
and someone from the supplier side. So we've got all perspectives coming at you today uh, in this conversation. I want to start with um, maybe what I think is one of the most important things is how things have changed over time. So again, Myra, we're going we're gonna to start at your end and work back to me. So how has, for you, in your time in the industry, being a woman in this industry changed and what have you seen in that time? I don't think there's enough time in this <laughs> segment to actually walk through that, but it has been a crazy ride, I'm not going to lie, predominantly male industry, very surprising. It's actually nice to see a lot more men in these sessions. There was a point in time when a lot of them will show up. and. Um, some things fundamentally have changed. There's some stuff I think we still have opportunities in as far as how we recognize women in the industry. But, you know, I think a lot of it, it took pe people like myself and these individuals here to be able to break through and just believe in what you were bringing to the table. And this industry, I think at the beginning, it was about a lot of it unconscious. I think people assuming that a woman couldn't handle the tough jobs that were part of the car wash industry. When in reality, when you're talking about people, pretty simple, right? So I, I think it has changed in the sense that there's an awareness that the qualities that drive business and customer service, it's good to have just diversity as a whole. It just so happens that some of us women have those natural traits too, right? <laughs> um, but it is great and it has transformed. I'd love to see it continue to grow. And I think the way we can do that is by the support and the partnership of also our male peers here in the crowd. So. So I, I want to talk a little, so Jessica, I want you to speak a little bit to um, what you've seen uh, in that change in terms of that service side and how that maybe shows up as a new operator uh, in, the, in this business. You know, Myra's talking a lot about how there are, there are all these skills that are better suited now. What are you seeing as you employ folks? Well, you know, I had a lot of trepidation when I kind of started on some of this journey. What would it be like working in such a male-dominated domin industry? And, you know, I come from corporate marketing. It's a lot of, a lot of ladies yeah. <laughs> um, doing that. And so I knew it would be a big change. But, you know, overall, I think I felt a lot of excitement from the CarMesh community, you know, my vendor partners mm -hmm. to, you know, be working with a female-owned business and, you know, the different spin that I was going to put on that. And I think also for my customers, I see a lot of excitement. They, you know, they think that that's, you know, it's cool that they're supporting a local business, that it's owned by a woman. We have a lot of women coming through the wash. I think it, you know, gives them a level of comfort to, you know, see my face there and know that I'm the face of, of the bubble barn. So, you know, overall, I, like I said, I, I had concerns about it, but it's been nothing but positive experiences for me throughout my entire journey. Excellent. Excellent. Doriel, for you, um, it's, you're in a little bit of a different space, right? It's, it's not so much you're not washing the cars on a day-to-day -day basis, but talk to me a little bit about what you've seen just in, in terms of the clients you work with, uh, how they approach it, what you see even in um, your dealings uh, with them on a financial side, right? How has that shifted for you over your time? I mean, most of the conversations I have with our clients are with men. It's an extremely male-dominated industry. I can probably count women operators on one hand, and so it's, I'm pretty pumped to see you up here and see that changing and shifting. Um, I would say also from like a corporate perspective, our entire industry is, you know, growing up and maturing, being so fragmented and having so many, you know, private equity companies coming in and our first companies going public. It's just naturally becoming a more professional space. And as you move from having, you know, 30 tunnel employees on staff to having four staff who are marketing, customer service, things like this. These are a lot more traditionally female roles and 
more women entering the space all the time. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's I think that's right on point in terms of like just all the changes that are happening and the way that the model is shifting and um, really a lot about the opportunities that are now available in, in terms of um, making it an inclusive workspace, uh, but really th thinking about how you can get past some of that unconscious bias as it relates to like male and uh, man and woman biases, right? And like and and they are deep seated in this industry. There's no doubt about that. And uh, Myra, I. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because I, I would love for you to share this uh, a story that you shared when we were preparing for this about um, one of your one of your folks early on when you were traveling the road and how they kind of like helped minimize that bias when you would walk into a space and you know they would assume that you didn't know anything uh, about what was going on at the location but there was there was a really good tip something that yeah. we can really take from well I mean I think one of the powerful things about this journey is actually talking to your peers and a lot of times it's not intentional and I think it's just about opening the door for them to understand some of the challenges and you'd be surprised that they become your strongest allies mm -hmm. for me in particular I have a colleague of mine that can't, is not here right now currently Joe Matheny that as him and I were on the road together it was a matter of, of just mutual understanding and telling them like you said like you realize that both of us show up on the site and there's an immediate assumption that you know what you're talking about because you're a man you're in the car wash industry you automatically know I said it takes for me about 30 minutes to start talking of talking for them to realize that I actually know what I'm talking about yeah. um, and that was early in our careers and guess what from then on every single site visit we went on he said hey you know what this is Myra Shimenti she knows what she's talking about don't mess with her and they created this it saved me 30 minutes of my time and we can get right to work. But it's creating that awareness that I think people just assume, oh, it's because I'm a woman, they don't want to talk to me. And no, it's a matter of having the conversations of, of expressing the real challenges that are out there. And you'd be surprised that those male colleagues become your biggest fans and your biggest allies. I've got one sitting right here in the, in the front row and several in the, in the <laughs> rows behind that, that do become that ally for you and help you advance. Okay, so I'm going to tread lightly here because... Don't tread lightly. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So, okay. So my wife talks to me a lot about uh, this concept of mental load. And I, I go about my day pretty blissfully ignorant uh, in this realm. And we've got three kids at home and she does a ton of work, right? She's, she's always planning everything. She's the only reason we ever leave the house. Uh, the only reason the kids actually play any sports or do anything. And I just kind of go along and, you know, you can see it sometimes that the stress levels start to creep up. And I just, I, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. And I think it, it took until she started having conversations with me and be like, hey, this is like a thing. Like you need to like think about it and just try to have some perspective. And I think that's a real thing that we don't really consider is that there is a, there's a little bit of a difference. And you could say that maybe it's because we're dumb. Most of the time we can be pretty dumb, um, but it, but it's just it's just different, and we gotta like as men in this industry, I think we really need to focus on understanding where other people are coming from, whether that be women or whether that be uh, people of different races. I think that we really need to like self-reflect a little bit and think about that. So, but I I say all that because I want to talk about this concept of mental load and how. How much of a thing is that in the industry as you're going through things and like as you think about how you plan your day? And then how can uh, others around you be more respectful or more mindful that that's kind of happening, right? So, and Doriel, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot here first. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think inherently 
traditional roles of like a woman taking care of the kids um, and a lot of that I think has changed a bit in COVID you know parents getting stuck at home with young children dad sitting on a work call and three kids yelling by and I think we've all kind of opened our eyes to what does work-life balance really look like? What do life commitments really look like when they're crashing into our business commitments? And how can we be supportive of moms around us, but also families around us, but also individual employees who are single and don't have a family? It's yeah. about that life-work balance. And um, for those of us, you know, owner operators, COOs, you know, in, in higher positions, you know, trying to send that down. Um, a more realistic approach to how we are working and living so that someone doesn't feel guilty when they have to sneak out at three o'clock to pick up a kid who's sick yeah. from school. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's what we can be really paying attention to, a little bit more of a flexible, realistic understanding of how we're all living. Excellent, excellent. Jessica, how about you? How, how does that, that idea of mental load show up for you? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, mental load is huge for any business owner, and I think you know, men and women out there, you know, I certainly in the last six months have lost a lot of sleep about labor and you know all the other you know various things going on in, in the market today. Um, but you know, where I see that come to pass a lot is my, my you know the way I approach my employees and giving them grace as they try to manage their lives. You know, at an employee and. Her daughter ended up in the hospital and you know you have to just say you know this is your family they come first and that's how you you know take care of your your work family but then also I have male employees that say well you know can't show up today because you know mom has the car and you know I got to stay with my kids you know things like that so you you know I think everyone is struggling with that in their own, you know, in their own ways and to, you know, give people grace, but then also understand that that's happening, you know, to moms and dads out there and men, men and women and, you know, making sure that you're not kind of holding someone accountable in a different way because of, you know, their gender or their, you know, their personal situation. I was yeah. going to say, mental load doesn't discriminate. Yeah. So it's right. just yeah. a matter of being an empathetic yeah. leader and empathy right now Absolutely. is very critical in managing any business. Uh, Myra, I want to I want to go back to you for this for the, this next area because this was something that I think when we were again when we were preparing for this this was a, a lot of our conversation and it was this concept of um, you know how do you how do you make your workplace or your organization an attractive place for other women and how do you, how does that actually come to fruition and you talked a lot about um, you talked a lot about representation can you can you kind of go through that for us. Well, one, I mean, it, this is where it's funny because it shouldn't be whether you want women there. It's do you want your kid, your daughter, your friend, yeah. anybody working there. And whatever environment you provide, you have to look at it through that lens, not just strictly females. Now, if we can help advance the ball, fantastic. <laughs> um, but it is a matter of just providing a positive space. But representational leadership is important because there is a sense of comfort. And there is this perception that if you see a woman rising through the ranks that automatically that barrier is removed. You know that it's a possibility. Who knows how that possibility is, but it is attainable. And this happens across all levels of diversity. It's just being able to find, you almost feel like there's an ally and you know that it, it can happen. So when you look at your teams and what you're trying, you are what you, you, know, you attract what you have. So if you have a clean and warm environment in which you provide that space for folks to grow, then it's naturally gonna create and attract that talent once you get that, it, it 
it just magnifies. And now when you look at the stores, and I'm proud to say it, it's something that we've been beating the drum on and across all of our locations. And it's now representing really nicely. Are we there, 100% there? No, but we're not going to give up because we can see the returns that it provides. Yeah. Yeah, Doriel, how about you? We're going we're gonna to skip, skip here uh, just for fun, just to mix it up. Uh, how has how that representation concept kind of shown up in, in your path and what you've seen and what you see in maybe some folks that you work with? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we're a small company. We're, we're four or five people. I have three open jobs right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we, we had talked about in our prep conversation about that whole, like, check in the box kind yeah. of thing. And I'm, I've definitely gone out to market and hoped I would hire a woman, but ultimately I'm doing what I'm sure all of us are doing, which is we're gonna hire the best candidate. Yep. Um, and so that's where I think representation comes even more into play because we, we wanna make sure that people are seeing the roles that they can grow into and what you're doing today, having a panel of women, you know, what Car Wash Magazine has done by interviewing professional car wash and detailing is doing a nice series right now on women in leadership. And I had this great conversation with a friend I admire, Katie Vaughn, um, about women in car washing. And she said something to me I cannot get out of my head, but that six years ago when someone interviewed her and you search women in car washing and click the images that it was mostly women in bikinis washing cars. Yeah. Um, yep. And that was just six years ago. So today you type in women in car washing and you're going to see your podcast and your wonderful article with that great resignation and, you know, the 13 women crashing the car, uh, glass ceiling. And yep. so I think that on one hand, we'd like to not have to call out this is a women's leadership event. Yes. We'd like to not call out this yes. is a women's panel. But at the same time, we also have the responsibility to make sure that we people are seeing that there are women in this industry and that women who have you know are just entering the space they're in their early 20s they're figuring out what they can do next it's not as easy as working at a company like pg&e where oh you work there six months here are your three paths right. someone's going to help you with your promotion here you have to invest in yourself you have to have the guts to go say oh i want that job I want to be the director of marketing. You got to go find a director of marketing somewhere and say, how did you do it? What do you think I need? You have to decide, am I going to go take a maintenance course from one of the manufacturing companies? Or am I going to go you know, to a local college and take an extension course on management so that you are consistently moving forward and deciding where you want to go? Yeah. Can, can I add? Yeah, Because I think it's very critical to what you said about checking the box. And I think the most dangerous things that people can do is check a box and trust me we've had our own journey with this and i've had managers in the past that say myers like we got a great we got a manager she's a woman you'd be so happy <laughs> and then i'm like is she qualified yeah. like eh, but we're gonna get there i'm like no you're doing it wrong yeah. and now there's a difference between being qualified or having somebody and bringing them along i think many times we put somebody in this role and then you're almost doing it a disservice because then this person fails, not because they're a woman, because yeah. they were not qualified for the job. Right. But then you put them and they're like, oh, see, it's a woman, she didn't cut it for the job. So in anything that we do, whether it's like a diversity thing, a woman, whatever it is, is that don't check a box. It has to be through merit first, yeah. but it should open your eyes to be able to say, who am I perhaps passing up on? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's a great ad. Uh, I want, but before I forget, uh, because I'm a little bit engrossed in this conversation, we do have a microphone in the middle. So if anybody has questions that you'd like to ask of the panel, uh, that is available. Just queue up at the 
uh, microphone, uh, and we will work that in. I'll, I'll leave a little bit of time uh, for those if you guys queue up. Um, I would like to say, though, if you, if you are going to go to the microphone, you do have to tell me who you are and what company you're with uh, so, so that we know who's asking us these questions. So um, I want to I wanna go into a little bit about uh, this concept of building support systems. So uh, we talk about it a lot as, like, how do you create your village? And I'm going to start with Jessica because uh, being newest to the industry, you've probably had the, the, the biggest um, or the most recent experience in having to do this. So talk to me a little bit about how you've built your network, what that looks like, where do you look for kind of inspiration and, and yeah. people to lean on? Well, I've done a lot of reflecting on this recently because I'm getting ready to build a second wash, which is really exciting. And you know, I just think about how different this experience has been because I do have that network of you know, people around me that I trust. And, you know, I had that before, but, you know, certainly over the, you know, time period that I've been operating, uh, you know, the first bubble bar, and I've, I've grown that. And, you know, you need to have those people to lean on. I think both within the car washing industry and outside of the car washing industry. So my dad is a small business owner, and it's been so great to be able to connect with him in that way, um, to talk to him about, you know, the challenges and the imposter syndrome and, you know, the leadership questions that you have to kind of have those sounding boards outside of the industry. But, you know, for those of you that are, you know, sitting in the audience that are, you know, maybe thinking about getting into the car washing industry, I just, I think the network of people we have here is just first rate. Um, I've never spoken to someone that hasn't handed me their business card and said, hey, call me with questions. And, you know, I certainly try to pay that forward, you know, as much as possible as well, because people spent, you know, tremendous amounts of time with me answering my very basic questions. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's a very generous industry and I don't think that, you know, certainly um, exists everywhere else. And so making sure that you build on those in-person relationships, the virtual relationships, and then also, you know, the resources like the Car Wash Magazine or coming to the show, things like that. Um, you know, just helping to build your expertise. You know, for me, those things were incredibly important, especially opening during what ended up being a really super challenging, <laughs> super challenging time. I had to build that network fast, yeah. right? Because, you know, I wasn't prepared. What do you do when you have to lay off 100% of your workers and you're closed for a month? You know, how do you bring those people back? Are you opening your vacuums up? You know, think about what April 2020 looked like. Are we, are we okay touching vacuums that other people have touched? You know, they're outside. Maybe it's okay. I don't know. And you know, you need those people to, to talk to and, you know, bounce ideas off of so that you can create something bigger than just, you know, just your own little bubble and microcosm. Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. I'm, I'm, we're going to go to uh, Myra down in the end. I want to I know similarly, uh, same question. Talk to me about how you've kind of built your network and your support systems. My goodness. Um, conversation mm -hmm. at a time, honestly. And, and yeah. honestly, to me, my journey has been about just bringing people along and then asking questions and being able to share. And I think you'd find that we're all human. We all have similar challenges. We all just expose them very differently. So you can break down those barriers. And you're right, this industry is very open and sharing. And it's really actually hard for us right now in our current <laughs> universe that we can't share a whole lot, which is you know, yeah. unfortunate because we were used to reciprocating. But it is a great industry. I think to me, it's just willing to continue to make those connection connections. But it is about the two-way street as well. Yeah. 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 Doriel, how about you? As you think about your, your network and your village, yeah. how do you build that? Um, my parents are also entrepreneurs, two immigrants who came over and ended up in the home security and automation industry. And so I just had a really great example of um, aggressive determination and yeah. a ne you know, never be afraid to ask a question. 
Um, and so when I entered the industry, I, I didn't know anything. So it was the same, let me ask yeah. these basic questions and not be afraid to ask them and join any organizations I could, you know, Western Car Wash Association, ICA. When we first started talking about the women's leadership group, you know, Petrical Associates, founding members, I jumped on in. So whether it was a women's group or non-gender related group, I tried to stay abreast of things by being exposing myself to different places. And then, you know, taking the opportunity to reconnect in person whenever you can. Um, different women I've met in the industry, three today stopped by my booth who I met at our first event in Chicago. Yeah. And so staying in touch with people, checking in with people, um, I think that that's really big. And, and I too have some role models I look to and mentors I look to outside of the industry so that I can talk about that like business management side of the industry when I'm coming from what we do right. for the real estate and financing. Yeah, yeah. I just, just given a peek, uh, if you all aren't going to ask any more questions, I've got one more I'm going to ask. So um, we're getting uh, short on our time, but there's one thing, if I could stop leaning forward in the mic into the speakers, we'd be fine. Uh, it, <laughs> there's one more thing I want to know from you all, and this, one, this one's easy. This one's really easy. So I always like to ask folks, what's one thing we can do today to be better tomorrow? Uh, so I'm going to talk for just like a 10 seconds so you guys can think about this for a minute because I don't think you were necessarily ready for this question. Uh, that means we're going to do some Plinko in a little bit here. Are you guys ready yet? Are sure. You, are, okay. All right. So one, one let's thing. Go. Let's go. Let's, let's go reverse order. We'll go uh, Doriel down the line. One thing that we can do today to be better tomorrow. Specifically related to women in no, car No, no, I should, I should quantify this here yeah, yeah. or clarify. You can take this any way you want to go. This can go, this could be, read, I said this earlier, this could be read more books. It could be, uh, you know, I want to see all the, um, all the movies that come out on Netflix. Whatever you, whatever you think it is, right? So what's one thing that I can do today to be better tomorrow? Or we can do. Oh, my gosh. Go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Myra, would you like to start us off? Honestly, on not lose sight of the people and the investments and the development of people. We can get very caught up in, in just growing to grow, but you need people to grow and, and to really build something beautiful. And I think sometimes in the hustle, we can all get caught up in our day to day, but some, sometimes slowing down and taking the time to, to develop someone, to train them, to bring them along, we can't lose sight of that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Jessica, how about you? Uh, you know, I was going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the, the beauty of going first. That <laughs> yeah, that's why you go first. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, I, I think, you know, in the sessions this morning, you heard the same thing. It's all about investing in your people. And I think that that pays the biggest dividends going forward because that's a great faith for the brand. You have happy customers. That's how you grow your business. And it just, you know, is this virtuous circle that keeps on, keeps on giving back. And so, you know, that's, I know when I go home, what I will be focusing on. Excellent, excellent. Doriel, this is your mic drop moment. Okay, all right, all right. It, it, it's it, it's gonna people. sound exactly yeah. the same, because what I think about is, is the fact that I'm looking for people, and I'm running into this whole, we're in the time of the great resignation, and I'm talking to so many companies who can't seem to find that right staff, and then I'm talking to so many candidates who I don't wanna hire, who can't find the right position, and have been out there for three months, and so I really do think that it all comes to culture and people and investment and especially because not every employee knows what they want to do next not every employee every employee knows what to ask for or what's that path you know we do bi-weekly one-on-ones with each staff member 
and we just bring a basic kind of template on uh, on wins and losses and questions and interests so that we can tackle short and long-term goals both for the individual person and for the role that they're in and i think that you know that that kind of presence you know a couple times a month is just making sure that everyone is happy with themselves and happy with what we're doing together as a team yeah that's good that's good that's good that's great stuff i i uh i'm gonna add one i'm gonna add my one thing uh one thing we can do today to be better tomorrow is to self-reflect so that we are open to these kinds of conversations because i think it's so amazing that we're able to sit up here and we're able to have this open conversation about women in the industry about what that path looks like about how we find success about how we all lift each other up in this moment so i just want to say thank you so much for you all for being on this panel and being able to share your story a little bit big round of applause thank for you. you thanks so much for having us yeah. car wash the podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts both in and out of the car wash industry our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.